Jake, how are you? Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. I'm gonna fight them all. Salt Lake Jake. 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 Welcome to Salt Lake Jake's Take. I am Salt Lake Jake. Gentlemen, it uh it did not go as planned over the weekend, right? We had all the hype in the world all week leading up with college game day. Witt showed up on Friday in a short sleeve sh- muscle shirt and sunglasses. The place was going nuts. There was tons of hype and energy. The ducks rolling to town and bang, we fell flat. How are we doing this morning, fellas? Jake, I'm just glad they found that kid. That's all I cared about. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting, huh? I've never seen that happen before. He was for those that weren't for those that weren't there. They announced, "Hey, if anyone's seen Sire Johnson, he's missing." And then, like ten, five minutes later, Sire Johnson is wearing a black hoodie and a red hel- a red hat. He's missing. Someone help us find him. Two minutes <laughs> later, they put a picture on the screen. We are still missing Sire Johnson. This is what he looks like. All of a sudden, everyone starts getting nervous, like because we all have kids. Like, oh no. And then about 10 minutes later, say, good news, Sire Johnson was found. And everyone cheered and went nuts. So He was sleeping in a VIP room uh, suite, apparently. Is that where he was, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, Look, that was the loudest cheer of the day. Other than the uh, false start on the first play of the game, that might have been the loudest cheer. That's right. The false start on the first play of the game, and then it was all downhill from there. We'll always have that false start, fellas. We'll always have that false start. And, you know, what? when that happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know what? We may be in for some more Rice Eccles magic, baby. You know, they're in here. It's loud. It's it's hyped. It's energetic. And then from that point on, Oregon just did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted on both offense and defense. I've seen comparisons to uh, 2010 TCU where we had game day in town. And then you remember that game? We were wearing those ugly camo uniforms. And then they just ran rough shot over us. Very similar game. Very similar result. The difference is... In 2010, we weren't lacking our starters. We had our starting quarterback, Jordan Wynn, our starting running back, Matt Asiata. We had our dudes in there, but we just got owned. This one, you can kind of find a little bit of solace in the fact that we're playing our backups, but still, it doesn't matter. The Oregon was just a better team than we were. Oregon just did whatever they wanted. They were disciplined on defense. They are disciplined on offense. Their offensive line pushed around our D-line, zero sacks um, for our Sac Lake City. Um, I saw a stat that said Oregon averaged like four yards per carry before their backs got touched. That's an mm-hmm. offensive line, like dominating a D line. If they get four yards past line of scrimmage before their running backs even get touched, that's game over. You'll never win. And then on defense, we couldn't, they, they their line owned ours. They were, it seemed like they were always in the backfield. It seemed like they were doing whatever they wanted um, and disrupting our play. And bottom line, fellas, I don't know why, but I I don't I, I'm not like down in the dumps about this. Maybe it's because I'm older, I'm more mature, I have perspective now. But the fact is, we just came off back to back conference titles. We were six and one with a smoke and mirrors offense, and you know patchwork offense, and we were we were living on borrowed time, and you know a, a, an offense where you have your your starting safety be. The, the Wildcat quarterback or back out of the backfield or slot receiver works against prima donnas like USC, a bunch of pretty boys that aren't tough, that are all about flash. But when you play a real contending team like Oregon, who's a top five team, both offensively, defensively, coaching, when you play a team like that, 
you know, it's it's eventually going to be exposed, and that's that's what happened. We were exposed as to having a terrible offense that couldn't move the ball, and our defense wasn't as stout as they normally are, which I think part of the problem, when, when a defense knows the offense isn't going to do jack, it's hard to maintain that juice and maintain that energy and maintain that toughness because it's like, oh, here we go again. Let's go back on the field down 21 nothing, knowing our offense isn't going to score enough. It, it's just hard, right? It's like when, when a starting quarterback gets injured, everybody gets deflated, and I think that's what happened with our defense. So it's, it's hard to put it all on the D as well. But offense, defense, special teams, we just were poor all the way around. Brennan, what yeah. are your thoughts? Well, look, I think the the thing that surprised me is that our defense didn't um didn't get more pressure on the quarterback. Um they I think the they have young offensive linemen and so I thought we would have shown up and get a little more pressure on the quarterback and I thought our scheme would have been a little bit better so uh we could have prevented them from scoring so quickly. I think the discouraging thing to me is our the time of possession, we had the ball I think 5 minutes longer. And they outscored us by 29 points, which tells me they're scoring really fast. Yeah. Um, they did have a couple short fields, which helped them. But um, anyway, for me, that if if I was going to be discouraged, it's because our defense didn't um, play a little better than they did. Offensively, like you said, these are our backups. And so any points we get is just kind of gravy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pete, what do you think, man? We didn't seem that creative on offense. Um you know, it, was, it seemed like we were still trying to, like, replicate the USC game plan a little bit. Um, and then um, I tweeted this uh, on s- Saturday night in just one sentence. Like, the underrated narrative of the week going into it was Lander Barton wasn't playing. And mm-hmm. he was a spark plug. He hits harder than the other players. He he He's smarter than the other linebackers. Like, I thought that was a big drop off at linebacker. Frankly, I'm not a big, I'm not a football analyst, but I just didn't feel that juice. And he, he, he and Bishop were the anchors. And when you're missing one of those guys, it's, it's almost like missing like a Cam Rising kind of player. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact is, Barton was one of our highest rated recruits ever. He's a stud, legit NFL guy. You, you, when you, we may have better depth than we've ever had, but we don't have top end like bunch of dude depth like the top dudes, right? So when you lose a Barton. You know, it, it makes a huge impact. I mean, Damuni is a decent player. He was a, he was a good player at Stanford, but the drop off is still noticeable from Barton to to Damuni. And then, I mean, I just think it was the straw that broke the camel's back. All these injuries: Logan Fano out for the year, Barton out for the, it's just like it's added up, and it's fine. The, the 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 cows have finally come home. Whatever the saying is, that they've come home to roost. The roosters, whatever the case is, the hens, <laughs> the chickens, whatever farm animal you want to use, and whatever knowledge you want to use about our bill coming due, it it, it came due. Okay, so question about injuries. Okay, so that's just that's been the big narrative of the season. Man, I've never seen anything like this. Da, 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 da. Does our strength and conditioning process and the way we practice need to be analyzed? Is it anomaly? Or is it the future? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't have that answer because I don't know what's causing all these injuries. I mean, you know, Barton breaks his foot seven halfway through the season. I, I can't put yeah, that on strength he just and conditioning. Gets harder than other people. Like he's bound to get broken. Makai Bernard crashes a scooter and breaks his face. That's not strength yeah. and conditioning. Yeah. Logan Fano. Tur- I mean, how how do you change? 
his strength and conditioning to prevent ACL injuries on on big. I don't know if you can. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, man. I, I'm not going to claim to be one. But I, I've always heard people say that, and I just don't know if there's a correlation there. It's a brutal game. It's a. It's a. I mean, you got 250 pound yoked out dudes going full speed, colliding into each other. You know, it's a. It's a car crash on every play. Things are going to happen. That's true. But yeah. like, okay, so our identity as a team, and you you heard it all through game day and Pat McAfee show. Utah is so physical. They're so physical. Well, if you're so physical, if you're overly physical, are you bound to get hurt? Uh, I don't know. Cause we were out physical in this game. Like yeah, that's true. Is for, for our calling card being physical. We were, we were owned on the lines to this game, uh, which is ironic because this is exactly what happened in the 2019 Pac-12 title game against Oregon. We were the favorite. We were the fifth ranked team going in. We win that game. We're in the college football playoff because the the game before us, LSU and I think Alabama, the other those two, two of those teams were ranked in front of us. One of them lost in the SEC title game. Literally, win that game in nineteen, we're in the playoff. And that was the narrative going into that too. Oh, they're so physical. They've got Lecky Votu. They've got Bradley and I on the defense. Just a physical defense. And what happened? We got owned in that game on the line of scrimmage too. Penny Sewell ate Bradley and I's lunch right. Yeah. And then on the other end, we I mean you had. Um, I can't even remember his name now. Their, their edge rusher, who was a freshman then, who's in the NFL, um, whatever, uh, owned our offensive line. And so they out-physicaled us there then, and they out-physicaled us on on Saturday. Um, so it is what it is. The thing is, guys, this is going to happen. Like, you know, sometimes you just play a better team with better players. Yeah. It happens. Well, the- you can't work magic every game and win when, you, when you're under-talented against certain teams. Look, we beat them twice in 2022 to win the, the Pac-12 title. And they've beat us the last two. They're more talented this year. They're a better team. They have a, a quarterback that has 55 starts. Like he is, yeah, he, he is awesome. seasoned. He's a veteran. He's tough. He's seen everything. Like, I mean, it's a tough team. Yeah. yeah 56 now. I, yeah. I told my son, my son was getting frustrated at the game. I said, Hey, man, you're watching a Heisman caliber quarterback. That guy's going to be in the pros. When you see him on the Chicago Bears or whatever team in the NFL, you're going to go, Man, I saw him in college. He was really good. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It happens. We haven't gotten beat that bad for a long time. Um, and it just, it is what it is. It just they came out, they out physical us. But you know what? I think personally, I think Oregon's the best team in the Pac twelve. I know they lost to Washington, but I think that was kind of not not a fluke, obviously, because Washington's undefeated and they're good. But there were some coaching mistakes by landing in that game where the Ducks should have won at, at Washington. And Washington hasn't looked as good since then. They oh. they got taken to the limit by Arizona State. They got they they were going neck and neck with Stanford. Like, I think we have a better chance of beating Washington than we did have beating Oregon. Oregon's the most complete team in the Pac-12, the best team. I think they're going to win the Pac-12 championship, make the playoffs. I think they go in and they rematch probably Washington in the Pac-12 title game. And they beat them on a neutral site in Vegas. And man, that talk about talk about an atmosphere that will be if it's Oregon, Washington for a playoff spot in Vegas. Two of the three best fan bases outside of Utah, right in yeah. Vegas with the they're already rivals that hate each other anyway. It'll be pretty. It'd be a pretty spectacular atmosphere. So I think Oregon's going to do it. So do I feel bad? Yes. I wish we could have made it a better game because we have all the the attention that we had on us. But let's talk about that attention. Um, let's, let's turn, switch to the game day, um, reactions, Pat McAfee show three, uh, three hour show on Friday with, w- w- which was basically a commercial for our program. The guests were Steve Smith, Alex Smith, uh, Dalton Coach Kincaid. Wade on the Harley you mentioned and someone else from the program. I can't Dalton remember. Kincaid. 
Dalton. That's right, Dalton, who had a who had a huge night the night before. Um, what were your impressions of the the festivities leading into the game? You know what? You cannot buy that kind of publicity. You can't. You can try and market. You can try and get what kind of quote unquote exposure you want. But we we were the center of the college football universe for this weekend. That Friday show, they draw huge numbers, the Pat McAfee show. And you're right. It was a three-hour commercial for Utah football. You had Steve Smith, who everyone knows is an NFL legend, dressed head-to-toe in new gear. You had Alex Smith, who everyone knows his story, who is a feel-good story. Problem the Utah. Dalton Kincaid who had a huge game again with the Bills the day before. And they had Coach Witt riding in on the Harley with the sleeveless shirt and the sunglasses. Like, it was a Utah commercial for three hours. So I loved it, man. I thought it was awesome. Some of the fans down south were getting offended because they don't like when when good things happen to our program, right? Um, they're, they're surprised college quit kids no swear words. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, I had conversations with people. You know, obviously, it's not a great look to see that. However, the the Pat McAfee show kind of um, enables that type of behavior. They encourage that type of behavior. They're That's dropping the f bombs yeah. on the show. Every show that shows they've been doing before, they've had crowds chanting "f Ohio," whatever. Yeah. It's just. It is what it is. I don't. I don't personally love it, but it's just it's what college football is these days. I, I was there with my twelve year old son, and they start chanting that and talking about soaking and stuff. And I, I just look over my son. And I said, "That's what college is like, buddy." So you know, that's that's what it is. So yeah. you know, I didn't apologize for it. I just said, you know, I, I acknowledged it. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, but it was it was a great a great event. Tons of tons of publicity. We showed out well. The fans were huge. Show, showed out huge on the Pat McAfee show, and then showed out huge Saturday morning. Um, unfortunately, it all fell apart on the field, but is what it is. We're and showed out huge in the game. I mean, that stadium was rocking right was, at kickoff. Yeah, it was, it was mm-hmm. so fun. It was fun. And, uh, fun until Oregon took us out of the game. Well, I mean, at least we had a sustained drive for the for our first drive of the game, which kept the crowd in it for a little bit um, yeah. until we could get points. But I want to bring up a point that Pete and I talked about on Saturday, which is this team was coming off of an emotional win the week before. And yeah, USC's yeah. not our rival, but it's everyone has said it's a rivalry type game. They've said it on both sides of the ball. And it's very emotional in the Coliseum, last game with them. We have that, plus we have game day, and the emotions were so hard, high, it's it's hard to expect a team to perform. And Pete's point, not to steal your thunder here, Pete, but you said, well, look at Washington. They get that emotional win over Oregon at home, and then they would have lost to ASU, but for some crappy non-holding Six. calls. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, there's always there's always that aspect, especially with college kids, that an emotional come down after a huge win. Um, I think it's more prevalent when you play a team that you're just expected to beat the next week, you know, where you just th- you walk in. We we should have been a little more up for this because of college game day, because of Oregon. But like yeah. I said, there's there's probably a little bit of that emotional letdown, but mostly it's just Oregon's better. They're better. They had better athletes, better quarterback, better offense, better defense, better coaching all across the board, and they just they they beat us. Okay, but this is a fan podcast, so let's run a scheduling scenario because we can just say things. Let's say we had played at USC. Cal at home and then Oregon at home for game day at night. What's yeah. the, what's the score? Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe we have that letdown against Cal. Cal is not terrible. They're good right. enough to upset and beat teams, right? They're not Cal of the years, years past. So I think, okay, we, we have that USC game. We, we, we probably beat Cal in a closer one because of the letdown, maybe, you know, 30 to 25 or something like that. And then who knows? Yeah. Maybe then, We've got a week to recuperate. We've got Oregon at home at night. 
I don't know. I still think Oregon's just better, guys. I'm sorry. They were better. I, I I, they're just, they're just a <laughs> yeah. really, really good team, and they beat us. It's just it's hard when you play a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes, right? I mean, yeah. and 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 to be handicapped on offense. I mean, we are we we're fighting with one hand behind our back on offense. It just it is what it is. Now, if you want to do the what if game, what if we had a healthy offense with Cam and Keithy? Then I think that's a different story. Yes. Then I think we're going toe to toe with these guys. But we have a walk on pig farmer. We have uh, a converted safety. And we have a hobbled running back in Jaquin and Jackson who's been injured all year and has literally hopped off the field every game injured. So yeah. is what it is, fellas. This year? Do we know anything about that? We don't. However, I was talking with some people about it this morning. There is zero reason at this point to not play him. We are out of the of the playoff or out of the title race. Um, our offense is ranked 100th in the country, 105th actually in the country. Terrible. Um, we know what we've gotten, Nate Johnson. We know what we've gotten, Bryson Barnes. We need, in my opinion, these last four games to play Brandon Rose. We got to know what we got going into next season at quarterback. We got to know if we've got something there. If not, we've got to hit the transfer portal if Cam doesn't come back. We've got to know. So there's zero reason not to play Brandon Rose. The only reason you would not is if he, Brandon Rose, doesn't feel comfortable playing for some reason because of his injury. That's it. If he's willing to play, you play him, you see what you got with him, and let's go because we've got to know what we got going into the season next year. Well, I was going to ask if he's been shut down like by his team or whatever to to transfer, like to redshirt the seat, like to not lose eligibility. I mean, there's always that's the thing. We don't know. We don't know the full details. Let's just operate on the assumption that he wants to play and is ready. Okay. Because okay. that's 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 most likely the scenario, I would guess. If that's the case, you have to play him. You have yeah. to play him. There's zero reason. Dude, we're the 105th ranked offense of the country. We scored zero touchdowns on Sunday or Saturday. <clears throat> we scored one touchdown against UCLA, one touchdown against freaking. Uh, who else? One touchdown against UCLA. Uh, Oregon State. Oregon State, yeah. Oregon State, so yeah. it's like we, we we haven't scored more than a touchdown in three of our freaking six Pac-12 games. So there's no reason to not play him. If he is healthy, and if he wants to play, if he doesn't come out against ASU this weekend, that's a failure, in my opinion, by the coaches. However, let's just take a step back. Let's realize where we're at. Six and two, still ranked in the top 20 without all that we've had. Yep. It's not what we wanted before the season. But there's still a lot to, to be said that can be accomplished. We can win this weekend to go seven and two. Who knows? Who knows? I've seen Arizona State and I've seen other teams muck it up with Washington. We could muck it up. You know who looks really good though is Arizona. Arizona that, that's no longer a guaranteed win, man. They took no. down Oregon State. That's on the road. That, in fact, I would say both that and Washington are equal chances to win or lose, in my opinion, at this point. With a quarterback that wanted to play at Utah, Fafita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, hindsight, isn't it, brother? In hindsight's that twenty a little bit, right? All right. Well, um, let's wrap it up with some positivity. And you know, this is the Th- Oregon Therapy Podcast uh, recap. So, Jake, tell our listeners something to give have hope for. Okay, listen, our trajectory is still pointing upwards. We're back to back conference champs. We've got our entire defense coming back next year. If we can get Cam Rising back and Keithy back next year, we roll into the Big 12. We run the league. It is a downer to not to not have the title for three straight years. But, dude, we're back-to-back champs. This happens. This is a top – the top one or two leagues in America. Like, this team is – this league is loaded with good teams. We're 6-2. and two. Overall, it's going to be a decent year. It's going to be a step back from last year. But you know what? 
future still looks bright. We're still recruiting at a high level. The playoffs open up next year where the champ of each league gets in. I think things are looking good. So, yes, it's a bummer, but overall, there's nothing to be down about about the state of the program. This is not a referendum on Utah football. This was just a game where we played a better team. So let's get ready for Arizona State. Let's go in there and kick their ass, be 7-2, and two, heading up to Washington with a little bit of momentum. We're going to be fine. Utah football is still a brand, still tough, still got a bright future, and let's go. I am Salt Lake Jake. And I am out. Jake in Salt Lake City. Hey, Jake, how are you? Salt Lake Jake. 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 Salt Lake Jake.